2: in Chicago, Illinois with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality.
3: Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and uh, sitting next to me in a blue shirt uh, and matching khakis to the khakis that I'm wearing is Jeff. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. How That's are you, like his Neil? uniform. It is. That is yeah. Jeff's uniform. Khakis, a t-shirt, maybe a, a fleece, zip-up fleece. I think we're all kind of like cartoon characters where we, we have our various uh, wardrobes. Yeah, a lot of people have told me I'm like the uh, the dancing baby from the internet. I'm just always in a diaper and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I don't appreciate it. Um, but I know, but it's hot, especially in here. when it's soiled. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you got to do what you got to do. That's what the diaper's there for, right? <laughs> <laughs> these these
4: recordings that's what the man's get long for sometimes. this week. They we do,
3: uh, and that's Matt over there. And uh, you know, we said it on a Patreon bonus, but we're just going to keep saying it today. Uh, happy birthday, Matt.
5: Oh, thanks. It is still my birthday, several months later.
3: It is. And Macho Man. So you share a birthday with Macho Man. How does that make you feel?
5: Uh, a little savage, to be honest. <laughs> there
3: you go. Uh, well, uh, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, we have uh, two very special guests with us today. Uh, both are Patreon subscribers, and uh, we appreciate their support. Uh, first, we're going to introduce uh, a contestant. Uh, she will be partnering with Matt today, and she's actually coming to us uh, from the Netherlands uh, and has a, an extra cool fact to tell us about, and that is Melanie Collins van Berkel. How are you today, Melly?
6: Hey, how's it going? Yeah, so um, I live in this small village called Zindert, which is the Kvort or birthplace of Vincent van Gogh, uh,
0: wow.
6: the church that his dad preached in is still standing, and the grave of his older brother is still there who's also named Vincent.
3: Oh, so that, that's not confusing for parents. Yeah, no. The George Foreman <laughs> method. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, Melly, uh, you actually aren't originally from the Netherlands, is that right?
6: No, I was born and bred in Texas and um, got out of there probably about 2005 and then moved here in 2012.
3: Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us uh, and for playing today and also for your Patreon support.
6: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited.
3: And we are too. And I love the uh, the Dalek uh, poster behind you that the listeners can't see, but uh, always appreciate a Doctor Who reference. Um, our special guest host today uh, is an Oakland Five uh, supporter on Patreon. We appreciate it, and uh, dare I say, might be wearing one of the top five shirts I've ever seen uh, on Triviality, and that is Connell Wortman. How's it going, Connell?
1: I'm good, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, I am wearing a lemon shirt today, and as I said earlier, I am wearing it because I am always sour.
3: All right. Us too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Especially me. F- in here. All right. Please don't look at us. <laughs> only took four <laughs> seconds. Uh, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Connell?
1: Uh, sure. I am uh, living in Los Angeles right now, uh, working as a graphic designer. And just to add fire to the terrible year that we've all had, I broke my arm in January and have just started to get the use of my right hand all the way back.
3: Oh no! I hope you're okay.
1: It was a freak dodgeball accident. You oh, didn't dodge uh,
3: the wrench, did you?
1: I, yeah, it was. It was actually the car, but um, self-inflicted dodgeball injury is oh, the gosh. category.
3: Wow. Well, I think quarantine has been doing that to a lot of folks. Uh, I'm finally getting over my concussion. You are getting over your uh, your broken your broken hand. Uh, and everyone else is just broken spirits, I think. Right Yeah, here? Okay. yeah my
4: spirit is completely uh, shattered.
3: There you go. Uh, well, uh, Connell, uh, thank you for joining us and also for hosting today. We're excited to uh, give you the keys to drive. Uh, but before we do that, of course, we have to listen to the rules. And I think because someone from the Netherlands is here, uh, I think we know which one that's be. Yep.
4: De regels van het spel zijn simpel: 20 vragen verdeeld over twee rondes, waarbij elke vraag 10 punten waard is. Halverwege is er een speciale swingronde, ontworpen door de host van deze week. Na deze rondes beginnen de spelers aan de finale, met de punten die ze hebben verdiend. En hebben ze de mogelijkheid om 0 tot 30 punten in te zetten op 5 gecategoriseerde vragen. At the end of the spell, was iemand Benum to the cream of the crop.
7: The cream of the crop.
3: Now, did you understand all of that, Melly? Got it. Perfectly. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, well, uh, I think uh, Jeff and Ken, you're going to play, right? Yeah. That's right. All right. And uh, anything on the team name here today?
5: Well, I have a great team name for me and Melly. What is that, um, Matt? So, Melly, you know, in the birthplace of Van Gogh, and this is what I've been spending all my time on during quarantine, we're going to be Pokemon Van Gogh. So, uh, of course,
4: we've been watching the Queen's Gambit lately. It's around that time when it uh, recently came out, not uh, two months from now. But uh, what do you what do you say we're the King's Gambit?
3: All right. I can get on board with that. All right. All right. Which okay. I don't think is a chess move. No. I don't think so, but it should be. Um, so we have the King's Gambit versus Pokemon Van Gogh. I'm just going to be here for color commentary and hugs. Uh, and let's throw it to Connell to take it away. All right.
1: Uh, so I do not have a name for this game, but here we go. Question one category is a little bit of you. Famous German Lou Bega is best known for his appreciation of women in Mambo Number no. Five. How many different women does he mention in the song?
3: I I can confirm this was a song Matt played on repeat
5: uh, when it came out.
1: <laughs>
4: okay, I did a quick uh, tally here, and I think
5: we've come to a answer. Okay. Um, so we we're kind of going through some of the names, you know, I think maybe Sandra was in the sun. Somebody was all night long. I don't know. But we were kind of between eight and nine. And do you have kind of a strong inkling either way?
6: Um, let's go with eight.
5: OK, we are going to settle with eight. OK, so we
4: also got to eight from the chorus. But there is a, another part in the song where he mentions another group of uh, of ladies um, and we counted four in that other part. Uh, so we're adding that together and getting 12, assuming that we're counting you as one of the ladies. Otherwise it's 11. And I, I as the you, am
1: a man. So, uh, but we're going to say 12, including you. Nine ladies. Lou Bega celebrates nine ladies. Their names are Angela, Pamela, Sandra, Rita, Monica, Erica, Tina,
3: Mary, and Jessica.
2: I think in that chorus, there's some repeats.
4: Yeah,
3: I wonder. I know, I know there was a Bob the Builder version of Mama Number Five, but I don't know if there were people's names in it. I don't know why I know that. I just don't. Wasn't he
4: naming like girders?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Probably. All
1: right. Uh, Question number two, category: You're not my real dad. Lyndon B. Johnson decided that dads were worth celebrating with a presidential decree, but which president signed the day into law?
4: Okay, we have a uh, rough guess on this
5: one. Okay, um, so we talked about it, um, and then Melly, you had you had a, a pretty strong inkling right away. Which which who did you think it was?
6: I think I remember hearing about Nixon being the one to sign it into law because there was such a huge span in between when Mother's Day became a holiday and when Father's Day did.
5: Yeah, and to brush a little bit of some of the some of the heat off them a little bit, and go going to Father's Day, so. Uh, We're saying we're saying Nixon. Yep. Us, too. We are just assuming it's the
4: president that followed Johnson and saying Nixon.
1: All right. Points for both teams. Tricky Dick is the correct answer. Richard Nixon loves dads. (laughs) All right. Question three. Category Ratatouille. Fresh chef and restaurateur Joel Robuchon was named Chef of the Century by Galt Malau in 1989. He had twenty three restaurants across the globe, and to this day has the world record of Michelin stars, including one he earned posthumously. How many did he have to set the world record in a range of plus or minus three?
2: Does it go up to three Michelin stars? Yeah,
1: it could be three Michelin stars per
2: they tend even really good restaurants tend to be like one or two Michelin stars, though. Very rarely do you get a three. Yeah.
4: This is a straight up guess. So you wanna say twenty Thirty
2: Somewhere in the mid thirties.
4: Michelin stars. Thirty-two Michelin stars. Sure.
5: Okay. Um, so we know that the most you can get is three Michelin stars. Um he had twenty-three restaurants. Uh my thinking is that probably not all of them had one, but there's probably some that had two and a few that had three. So I would think somewhere around like one point three per restaurant, something like that. Does that make sense? It's very
4: mathematical. It does.
5: Yeah. So so I'm thinking it's somewhere around like 30, somewhere in that range. Um, and 30 gives us the 33 to 27, which I like. It's kind of a, a nice number.
4: All right. We were pretty much on your exact same logic, but we just said 32.
1: All right. Uh, hitting the nail on the head with 32 oh my is king's gambit. Are you
4: but kidding
5: me? Pokemon
1: Van Gogh gets points. All right. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? it's crazy uh
5: I i worked when i was working at uh michael jordan's restaurant one of the managers there worked at a restaurant that had a michelin star and she just said it was the the standard of everything there is just so crazy just to earn that one star it's just it's outrageous like the kind of stuff they have to do so it's i mean to have that many is is so amazing I forget what movie, if it's a movie or TV show where
3: they're waiting for the Michelin star uh, purse certifier or whatever to come. And they always said it was like the same thing. They would uh, order a glass of water. They would uh, Mm -hmm. order, I think, like one app and one entree. And then they would always drop their fork on the ground to see how quickly a waiter would pick it up
5: and give you Mm -hmm. a new one. Yeah, they check the temperature of the water and everything. It's crazy.
1: Consistency is key for those things. You can Mm -hmm. lose them just like that. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Question number four, category whose house beloved full house character jesse katsopoulos was part of a band called jesse and the rippers however Katsopolis was not his original last name in the first season what was it
5: mm, locked in uh, Ooh, putting it on these Sorry, guys Mellie, the, when it's full house no.
6: <laughs> if you feel thunder go for it
5: yeah i have
4: no idea on this one
2: i don't remember he,
4: he was actually their uncle, right?
2: Yes, because he the, the mom that had died, that was his sister. Okay,
4: so maybe we could assume that they made a mistake and they retconned it and just say his last name was Tanner. Okay. All right. That's I mean, that's the best I can do. Otherwise, it's a straight guess. So. Yeah, that's cool. All
1: right. All right. Uh, Jesse's original last name was, was... Matt. <laughs> would you like to take it?
5: I will take it. He was uh, a Jesse Cochran.
1: Jesse Cochran is correct. Really? <laughs> Yeah, He was Jesse Cochran, and before that, he was Hermes Cochran, and that also got taken
3: out. If the last name doesn't fit, you must acquit. (laughs) You're telling me that the writer's room was like, all right, we have John Stamos, a gorgeous Greek actor. Let's name him Hermes after the Greek god. Why not? Just just so everyone knows he's Greek. Hermes Gestopoulos
5: might be the most Greek name possible, though.
3: (laughs) Right behind...
1: uh, feta shawarma but i digress (laughs) all right uh question number five category is white lightning when making moonshine to test the purity of the alcohol moonshiners light the brew on fire what color would the fire be to denote its safety to drink
4: i've seen alcohol on fire before (laughs) and i think i know what color that flame is
5: okay we're electing
6: wow same, I think we can do the same Ooh. All right.
5: I'll let you take it away then, Molly. What is it?
6: I, I believe it's blue
5: Yep, I think it's blue as well Blue is the correct
1: answer
4: It'd be cool if it was green though, right? It'd be more magical
5: uh,
2: that, that tends to mean other stuff's gotten mixed yeah. in yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I thought have, uh, you guys, have you guys ever had a flaming drink? No I haven't, no, oh, have you? Oh yeah! On, I made, of course, they would make uh, <laughs> flaming Dr. Peppers back in the day, and you just you take a, a little bit of uh, amaretto and layer some uh, 150 proof, I think it has to be alcohol on top, and then you, it on fire you and drop sprinkle the dust from some flaming Cheetos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's good, though. I mean, it tastes just like Dr. Pepper after you drop it in the beer. It's weird. Hmm. Very good, though.
3: That is a, a great endorsement by the uh, co host that we call White Lightning here, a Triviality. <laughs> and that brings us to our first score update after five questions, which has the King's Gambit with 30 points and Pokemon Van Gogh with 40 points. Uh,
1: jumping into question number six, the category is In Memory of Alex Trebek. Uh, so I'm doing a spin on a classic Jeopardy before and after where I'm going to give you the two quick plots of movies, and then you have to combine them for the before and after title. So here we go. Steve Carell and Dane Cook go to a family reunion where he falls in love with young rebel Judith. And at the end, they are serenaded with always look on the bright side of life. All right, we're locked in.
5: You guys are locked in. Okay. So, uh, Melly did know that the last one is life of Brian. So now we're trying to think of the Steve Carell and Dane Cook movie that would either lead into it or lead out of it. And, uh, this
4: is a very deep cut movie too. I think
5: it, I was like 40 year old virgin life of Brian, <laughs> which is a different movie. Um,
6: I, I mean, other than the 40 year old virgin, the one with him and Tina Fey and, yeah. um, he was in Evan Almighty, not Bruce Almighty.
5: That's the one, yeah. <laughs> so we know that.
6: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, they. That night, doesn't help. Like, Yeah. I, I seriously think it's something like Greek life or something like that. I, I remember mm-hmm. there was a smattering of 2000s movies that were all okay. about Greek life.
5: Yeah. Okay. We can say, then we'll lock in with Greek life of Brian.
4: Yeah, like I said, I'm pretty sure this is a... Fairly deep cut Steve Carell movie Oft forgot because it wasn't that good But uh, we're saying Dan in real life of
1: Brian oh. Alright Points for uh, King's Gambit And offense to me because I love Dan in real life <laughs> Ooh. Sorry
4: So we got. I haven't seen it in a long time to be fair I just remember Steve Carell being depressed Through the entire movie and me and my friend, when we watched it, we said basically any time he left frame, you would just
3: hear like a gunshot off, <laughs> off screen. <laughs> now, Connell, what's is that accurate? What's the song that he plays on guitar? Because it's it was in all the trailers, and I think it's like throughout.
1: Uh, it is the uh, "Let My Love Open the Door." That's it.
3: Yeah, song. I remember it was in like every trailer, and then when I That's saw the movie, he was Pete playing Townsend it. Townsend
2: song. Yeah. Okay. By himself. no who.
3: And I feel like Team Pokemon Van Gogh, I think you you still have uh, Stamos on the brain there with Greek Life of Brian. Can you blame us? No, you can't. I can't. I mean, hey, uh, John Stamos and Rob Lowe don't age. So, I mean, I, I get it.
1: Question number seven, category, She Knows Keanu. The world's most notable immortal, Queen Elizabeth II, was crowned queen of the United Kingdom at age 27. What year does she claim to have been born in?
4: We're, we're going to go ahead and do a quick lock-in on this one. I think Jeff has a pretty good uh,
5: read. All right. Um, so, Mel, you said uh, she was crowned in 1952? Yeah. Okay. So then if you subtract 27, we get to 1925. Is that right? Did I do that right?
6: Yes. Yeah, so, so she would be 25. She would be born in 1925.
5: Okay. So we're locking in with 1925.
2: And we have the exact same reasoning and the exact same answer.
1: Unfortunately, you guys are off by 1. 1926
3: is the correct um, answer. Ooh, tough. Dang. Tough loss there, guys. All right, question number
1: 8. Category is Nidoran. Pokemon is the biggest-selling media franchise in the world, earning over 90 billion dollars, with the video game series being the second best of all time, only behind Mario. The entire series has 139 games. How many of them are in the main Gotta Catch Them All style in a range of plus or minus three?
5: Okay, so uh, this one's all on me. Uh, So I'm going through the gens. Um, I believe there's red, blue, yellow, silver, gold, um, and then another one, I think. And then there's diamond, pearl, platinum, black and white, black and white, two, then the Sun and Moon, and then there's Sun and Moon sequels, and then there's Sword and Shield. So you have 3, 6, 9, 12. Matt, 14, you're sick. 16, 18, What's up? <laughs> you're sick. <laughs> <know. laughs> um, I'm thinking that there are 20, 24 mainland games, is what I'm going to guess.
2: Uh, we went a little higher. We said 34.
1: All right. We have points for King's Gambit. Ah. <sighs> The answer is 32. Uh, Matt, I think you missed a few. There's the green version, which was Japan only. Mm. And then there was the heart gold
5: and silver and the, the, oh, the I didn't extra sapphires. The like You're right. That. Yeah. Just like um, Captain Planet, and... you
4: forgot heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
5: Fire red and leaf
1: green and all those. Oh, I was going to say just fun little fact. Nidoran is the 32nd Pokemon. So category name is uh, in there.
2: We're going to be the Nitta
3: King's Gambit after this. Mm. I love when it happens when someone explains like the entirety of their answer. It's very, very correct. And then you guys just, ah, oh, 32. <laughs> 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 we'll just toss 34 out there. All right.
1: Uh, question number nine category is test tube, baby. Not to be confused with the guy who spliced pea pods. Who was the father of the modern day periodic table of
5: elements? We can lock that in. Awesome. Ooh. I think I know it, but I'm, I'm happy you do know it. <laughs> all right. So these guys are
4: locked in. Gregor uh, Mendel was, was the, the guy who played Pee-pod with guys. And Mendeleev, Mendeleev
2: is the so, guy who had period at a periodic table. Yep. yep. So we'll go Mendeleev. Hey,
7: yep.
6: That, that's what I've got, too. Dmitry Mendeleev. Points all around. His story is pretty
2: crazy when he fled Russia. It's an interesting autobiography or yeah. biography if you ever get into it.
4: I will definitely not read that. I kind of figured. <laughs> Maybe I'll read the Wikipedia page.
1: All right. Last question of the round. Category is filicide. Presumably tired of him getting it on, which American singer was killed by his father on an unfortunate April Fool's Day?
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sad, but uh, we are yeah. landed. Um, I'm pretty sure this is Marvin Gaye. Yep, we also had Marvin Gaye.
1: Again, points all around. Uh he intervened in a fight between his parents and then his father killed him with the gun that Marvin got him for his birthday
3: oh Oh, what a bummer you're bringing the Jeff Jeff energy today April fools Matt
4: make sure you don't kill me with the gun that I bought you for your birthday
2: that would be impressive because that that
3: would be one hell of a nerf gun Uh, well, it uh, looks like after the first round here, uh, the scores are still close, uh, as Ken alluded to earlier. We have the King's Gambit with a slight lead of 80 points and Pokemon Van Gogh with 60 points. Uh, so before we throw it to Connell for the swing round, just wanted to mention if you'd like to join us on social media, you can go to at TrivialityPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can see some fun posts from Matt uh, and his apartment, uh, You know, new episode announcements, things like that. Or you can join join us over at The Crop on Facebook uh, and uh, talk with fellow listeners. And then brand new, you can go to our Discord. So there's a, a new Discord we started for uh, people who maybe want a different option than Facebook. And we will say that we are uh, transitioning to Discord to record our episode. So if you'd like to be on the show, make sure to create a Discord account. Uh, and when the time comes, we can call upon you and uh, and meet you over Discord. So yeah. Join um, Discord if Discord if you want to ditch the Zuck. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a good uh, good phrase there. Save save Ferris, ditch the Zuck. Zuck. It's yeah. hard
4: to say though. It is,
3: it is actually <laughs> not right. a good catchphrase at all. Not great marketing, but we're we're workshopping it. But
4: uh, as we go into the swing round, I just want to mention we would be tied if not for our freak luck in that last in the number of guesses. But uh, let's hear about the swing round.
1: All right. Uh, to segue off of our downer of a last question, this round is called Killed the Vibe. It is around all about world famous or infamous serial killers. So I'm going to read you a quick synopsis of their horrific exploits and then you give me their name or I guess their more popular uh, media name unless it is in the question itself. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Question number one. This killer tormented Whitechapel between 1888 and 1891. He killed five prostitutes and was never caught. Some people believe he was from hell. Jeff. Question. (laughs) Yes, it was Jeff. Uh, Question number two. This killer operated in the Chicago neighborhood of Cook County between 1972 and 1978. He killed at least 33 boys and became known as the killer clown after he was caught. Question number three. This killer started young by murdering his grandparents, for which he was locked away until his 21st birthday. After he got out, he moved in with his mother, who worked at USC Santa Cruz. There, he killed six co-eds. After his arrest, he narrated books on tape in jail. Question number four. This killer operated in Milwaukee between 1978 and 1991. He killed 17 men and boys, many of which he ate, several of which he attempted to turn into zombies by drilling holes in their heads and injecting acid. Question number five. This killer operated in Northern California from 1968 to 1969. He killed five young men and women and injured two more. In a series of letters with cryptograms to the police, he claimed to have a body count of 37. He was never caught. Question number six. While technically not a serial killer, he operated in Plainfield, Wisconsin, from 1954 to 1957. He killed two local business-owning women and possibly his own brother. He gained national attention after the press found that he robbed graves to craft trophies and clothes from human skin and bones. Question number seven. This killer operated across the continental United States between 1961 and 1978. He killed 30 plus women and kept some of their heads as trophies. A lifelong Republican, he worked at a suicide hotline, drove a Volkswagen Beetle and escaped custody twice. Question number eight, this killer operated in Chicago from 1891 to 1894. He was known as the devil in the white city and built a hotel specifically for murdering travelers. During the 1893 World's Fair, he used his hotel to allegedly kill over 200 victims. He would then sell the bodies to medical schools. Question number nine. Known as the Highway Hooker, this killer operated along the Florida highways from 1989 to 1990. She killed seven men with a revolver and claimed all the murders were in self-defense. Question number ten. This killer operated in Sedgwick County, Kansas from 1974 to 1991. He had 10 victims, including an entire family. He would stalk his victims, break into their homes to wait for them, then tie them up and torture them to death. He used a church computer to taunt the police, which led directly to his arrest.
4: Okay, now that we're all in a good mood, let's take a quick break and uh, figure out these answers.
7: So turn to the nerds to answer your real world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to nerd wallets, smart money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right. We've all talked about serial killers for the last 10 minutes. And now I think we are ready to give our answers.
1: All right. uh, Question number one, this killer tormented Whitechapel between 1888 and 1891. He killed five prostitutes and was never caught.
2: Uh, I heard that that was possibly me, although I don't think that's true. Um, I'm a fan of a a show that ran, uh, I think it was a BBC show called Whitechapel, and that's all centered around Jack the Ripper. So we said Jack the Ripper.
5: Mm -hmm. Also went with Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper is the
1: correct answer. Question number two. This killer operated in Chicago between 1972 and 1978. He killed at least 33 boys and became known as the Killer Clown after he was caught.
4: And that is John Wayne Gacy Jr., also known as Pogo.
6: And That's what we have as well, John Wayne Gacy.
1: And that is correct. Question number three. uh, This killer started by murdering his grandparents. After he got out of jail, he moved in with his mother who worked at USC Santa Cruz, where he killed six co-eds.
4: This was the toughest one for us, but I believe I was able to pull it because of Mindhunter, and I think this is Ed Kemper.
5: Ah, uh, You mentioning Mindhunter reassures me that we are correct then because we also said uh, Kemper.
1: Ed Kemper or the co-ed killer is correct, and he is a giant man at 6'9", 300-something pounds. It's yeah. very scary in the show, <laughs> for sure. He is. Question number four. This killer operated in Milwaukee between 1978 and 1991. He killed 17 men and boys, many of which he ate. Several he attempted to turn into zombies.
2: Um, Yeah, unfortunately, as soon as you said Milwaukee in the years, um, we happen to know that that is the notorious reputation of Jeffrey Dahmer. So that's what we locked in with.
6: Yeah, and I just got finished listening to a podcast um, about Jeffrey Dahmer. So we got that one as well.
1: Yep, Jeffrey Dahmer is correct. Question number five. This killer operated in Northern California from 1968 to 1969. He killed five young men and women and injured two more. In a series of letters with cryptograms to the police, he claimed to have a body count of 37.
4: And this is possibly uh, Drew Carey's brother. Um, (laughs) You've ever seen the movie Zodiac? So we're saying Zodiac Killer. I always thought it was
5: Ted Cruz, but uh, yeah, Zodiac Killer.
1: Ted Cruz, I mean the Zodiac Killer, is correct. Uh, Question number six. While technically not a serial killer, he operated in Plainfield, Wisconsin from 1904 to 1957. He killed two local business-owning women and possibly his own brother.
2: Um, Given the years and the propensity to do very disgusting things with the deceased, uh, we guessed Ed Gein.
6: I, that's pretty much what we had. We c- couldn't think of any Midwest killers, but that one just popped up.
1: Ed Gein is correct. And from his dark deeds, he captured the imagination of a lot of media. There's a lot of characters that are based off of him.
3: Yeah, and if uh, if any of you... Uh, is
2: Hannibal partially based on some of Ed Gein?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like Ed Gein, you know, uh, a lot of the, the horror villains are, but um, Hannibal might be a little bit, yeah. Um,
1: Buffalo bill is based off of him. That's oh, that's a bill, of. Yeah,
3: that's right, Buffalo bill. Yeah, uh, just shout out to uh, a friend of mine um, uh, Chuck Parello. Uh he did a, a movie with Steve rails uh, called Ed Gein uh, It's a, a fun independent movie um, if you want to check it out
1: Julio uh, Question number seven this killer operated across the continental United States between 1961 and 1978 he killed 30 plus women and kept some of their heads as trophies
4: Yeah, this one we were a little less sure about, but uh, I think you said something about him working as a suicide hotline operator. And I think that was Ted Bundy.
5: Oh, yeah, we we had no idea. So we actually just guessed Ed Gein for both of these, hoping that one was right. So we already we already used that bullet.
1: Ted Bundy is the correct answer. He also had a yellow Volkswagen Beetle and was a Republican. So there you go. Correlation. Number... Yeah. <laughs> Volkswagen Beetle and Republican equals serial killer. Number eight. This killer operated in Chicago from 1891 to 1894. And he was known as the devil in the white city and built a hotel specifically for murdering travelers.
2: Yeah. Um Probably the second most famous uh, Holmes of the late nineteenth uh, century. We said H. H. Holmes,
4: and I believe Leonardo DiCaprio is still working on his mustache for this role. Yes, which, which should come eventually, right? It's
2: already
3: been like a decade, so I'm hopefully it'll come at some point.
6: And the role of the mustache.
3: <laughs> Both.
6: <laughs> okay, so we also had H. H. Holmes.
3: All right, points all around. This is your favorite hotel, right, Jeff? <laughs> He also he often summers there. Yeah, yes. Jeff Jeff likes to call it his uh his little modest scare B, right? Yeah. yeah. That's
2: my favorite hotel, my favorite motel, of course, Bates. So his oh.
3: his homes away from home. You could do a home inspection
1: show with the home inspector Holmes on Holmes as Holmes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now that should be a t-shirt right there.
1: All right. Uh question nine. Known as the Highway Hooker, this killer operated along the Florida highways from 1989 to 1990. She killed seven men with a revolver and claimed all the murders were in self-defense. Uh,
2: we believe this is the monster who inspired uh, the film Monster. And we said Eileen Uh We also said Eileen
5: Wornos.
1: Indeed, it is Eileen Uh Number 10. This killer operated in Sedgwick County, Kansas from 1974 to 1991. He had 10 victims, including an entire family. He would stalk his victims, break into their homes to wait for them, and then tie them up and torture them to death.
4: All right, uh, this one is also text shorthand for Bring the Kool-Aid, but I believe
2: this is the BTK (laughs) killer. Oh, I thought BTK was Neil's favorite Korean boy band.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievably weak. Guess total get total guess on this one because we couldn't think of any more Midwestern killers,
5: and said BTK.
1: BTK or Dennis Rader, as his first name is unfortunately made, is correct. So good job, guys.
5: You know, if I listened to that whole last question, I would have got it. I, I completely missed the entire part about tying them up, and we're like, who could that be? <laughs> uh,
4: bacon, taro, and kimchi sandwich.
3: Now that's a night. <laughs>
4: Well, that's enough about Serial Killers, and I'm not just talking about Jeff voraciously eating his Fruit Loops. <laughs> Let's move on to the second round after the score update.
3: Yes, thank you, Ken. Uh, well, it looks like Team King's Gambit uh, batted perfect in that round. You didn't have to point out how disgusting we are. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> you, you got 50 points there, bringing your total to 130. And uh, Team Pokemon Van Gogh only missed one, uh, giving them 45 points and bringing their total to 105.
1: All right, we're going to try and uh, lighten the mood a bit now. Jumping into question 11, category is Bat Got Your Tongue? In 1945, the Chicago Cubs basked in the first World Series since the end of World War II, although the games didn't take place in a particularly exotic locale. What team did they play against?
5: We can lock in.
1: I'm not picking up
4: on any of the uh, hints in this question. Are you? They didn't
2: bask in any particularly... What locale?
4: It wasn't an exotic locale,
2: he said. I'm trying to think of maybe the opposite of exotic. Tigers, Detroit Tigers it could be the Detroit Tigers. All right, let's go with the uh, Detroit Tigers.
5: And I hate when you do that. Uh, yeah, it's the Detroit Tigers. It's an exotic animal. Joe, exotic.
1: Exactly. Detroit Tigers is correct. If you can believe that came out this year. Detroit Tigers <laughs> is correct. All right. Uh, question number twelve. Glove full of Vaseline. <laughs> that was Neil's
3: college Which... nickname. Uh, that was.
1: <laughs> you gotta keep your hands
4: soft for your wife. And his. Ev- <laughs> and his eventual uh, media serial
3: killer name. What is it? A glove full of Vaseline. Okay, I've been down that road once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> I have dry skin. That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Question twelve. Which American classic was made into a Broadway play starring James Franco and Chris O'Dowd as two dusty bunny lovers?
2: Catcher in the Rye is the one with Lenny, right? That's the one with Holden Caulfield. And Lenny,
1: yeah? No?
2: Oh, wait, is that the one where the the two boys... Does the the one boy end up murdering the other one? Isn't
4: isn't the one... What's the one where Lenny kills the bunny? You know what I'm talking about? I wish I did. John Malkovich? What's the other book... So there's a book where Lenny kills a bunny, right? Uh, okay. And then the guy kills him. I had I didn't have to read it in high school. That's why I'm like vaguely. <laughs> Is it Catcher in the Rye. I wasn't I was thinking about your. I was your like, spark Catcher notes. in the Rye was never
2: assigned to me, so I don't know. Yeah. I think it's Catcher in the Rye. Okay.
6: And we're gonna go with um, of mice and men. That's
4: the one. Damn. Lenny
6: kills the bunny. <laughs> Damn.
4: Now, so so I said <laughs> and to Jeff.
6: Squidgy kills Liddy.
4: I, I described that whole scene to Jeff And I said there were two books I didn't have to read In high school that everybody else had to read And one of them was Catcher and the Rye And I couldn't remember the other one yeah, uh, I also catch- have
2: never read Of
4: Mice and Men yeah, I know we were in the same English classes That's the problem
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Of Mice and Men is correct yeah, uh, It's pretty dark So maybe you're lucky that your little High school brain didn't have to take it in
2: Yeah, no, I could name a few other books that I read that were super dark. Now, Matt, what do you think of the band of Mice and Men?
5: I'm a fan. Uh, It has the guitars from Attack, Attack, I believe. You like the crab core? Oh, Stick Stickly? Yeah, yeah, 100%. See, I thought
3: he did kill the bunny, but I think the reason he was murdered is because he killed a person on accident, because he didn't know his own strength, right? Well, I
4: don't know. I've never read it or seen the John Malkovich movie. I'm
3: pretty sure that's what it was, because John Malkovich, well, he didn't talk in the movie, but if he did, he would have said, what, Ken? I, I killed the bunny oh. <laughs> on accident. Um, no, it was Gary Sinise. But no, I was going to say, uh, when I was in, in uh, New York with my friend Phil, at one point uh, we had gone to um, Times Square uh, near Broadway, and uh, we knew all the shows were getting out. And there's a lot of celebrities at that time, like doing shows. So we we went to um, H- Hedwig and the Angry Inch, saw Neil Patrick Harris signing autographs, like pretty close to him. Uh, and then we walked right around the corner, and then uh, James Franco and um, Chris O'Dowd came out. Uh, and we're meeting fans. We just kind of did that for like an hour and looped around. It was kind of fun. So was was James
4: Franco Lenny?
3: Uh, he was <laughs> he was no he was uh, Gary Sinise's character. He was George. Oh, George, yeah. And Chris O'Dowd was Lenny. Yeah. I'm Chris surprised. O'Dowd was Lenny. I would swap those two. I think he wore lips too, so he was a lot taller too. Chris O'Dowd. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, of mice and men is correct, and yeah, in the end of the book, Lenny murders a girl because. He doesn't know his own strength, and so George has to do the world a favor. Hmm, I see, and
3: that's so, according to the book, though, is what you're saying, not your own personal opinion. Yeah. Okay.
4: Sometimes, sometimes at the gym, Jeff doesn't know his own strength, and he does a hundred pull-ups in
3: a row. Not these days. Like, <laughs> but stop. <laughs> I, I heard uh, Will Smith actually fashioned uh, his scene in *I Am Legend* after you doing all the pull-ups.
1: <laughs> uh, question number thirteen, category is: She was a giraffe. Mata Hari was one of the first famous female spies. In World War One, she was convicted of espionage and executed, so she must not have been that good. What country was she working for? All
4: right, Jeff and I are going to go ahead and lock in here. Um, I've seen or I've heard about her on a podcast. And I also saw a piece on her on Drunk History once. So I think it's a little bit twisty in that. She was supposed to be spying for Germany on France, but France got a hold of her. So she was actually spying for France on Germany. So she was like a double spy, but she was ultimately put to death by the French because they needed a fall guy for something or something
5: weird. So I think she was spying for France. <laughs> uh, yeah. What What uh, What did we talk about, Melanie? I think that's I, similar.
6: We had France. Yeah. I believe I remember hearing that she was... Uh, like a, almost like Nina Simone did in World War II. She would be singing in the clubs and she would lure them in and kill them. Um, So she was working for France.
1: Well, she was a nightclub dancer seductress, but she was working for Germany. Ah.
3: So it sounds like your story details were pretty close on both ends. (laughs) Except for the correct answer. Except for the correct answer.
6: (laughs) Well, you know, can't have them
1: all. <laughs> uh, question number 14. Category where no man has gone before. At about 14 billion miles away, what man-made object is farthest from Earth?
5: Um, How far away was it? Uh, uh, 14, billion about 14 billion miles. About 14 billion miles. Billion, wow. Because that was like, oh, probably the Mars Land Rover. It.
6: I was thinking Voyager 2. Because it passed out of
5: the – Oh, it made it out of the solar system. Yeah,
6: it made it out of the um, envelope that surrounds the Uh solar system. I think it made it into the Oort cloud.
5: Yeah, and it's still going, isn't it?
6: Yeah, I I don't know if they're getting data back from it still or not.
5: (laughs) It's just gone now. Yeah, I think I think that that sounds good. I think we can definitely lock in with Voyager 2.
2: Um, I think one of my favorite things about Voyager 2 is every like three or four years, they tell us it's left the solar system again, because then they just come up with a new... Like, oh, it's left this part of the solar system. It's left this part of the solar system. And I think, I think um, they are right that it's in the Oort cloud, and we said Voyager 2.
1: Well, the funny thing about Voyager 2 is that it actually launched first on a different trajectory, and Voyager 1 is further away from earth oh,
4: than yeah. voyager 2 even though it's it's non-operational right
1: yeah i think they're the jpl has a website for both of them mm-hmm. and they still have distance counters ticking up every second but i don't know if it's actual data or if it's just an algorithm where they're like all right it should be this far away now yeah.
4: but that that's somewhat obvious after you hear the answer
5: <laughs> yeah the sequel's never better that, that was our problem <laughs>
1: All right. Question 15, category My Shears Are Sharp. Can you believe that before Jonathan Van Ness achieved international fame as the grooming expert on Queer Eye, he was going viral in a Funnier Die series where he recapped an HBO show? What was that show? And for a bonus point, what was the name of Jonathan's series?
2: I don't know on both accounts. Wait. He's the Ness. long
4: hair with the G, the Jesus looking yeah, guy. Yeah, it's
2: not uh, Boardwalk Henny, Empire. Henny, Board, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Are there
4: any HBO uh, shows Elliot, that Van are Ness. specifically like gay oriented? So it wouldn't Thrones? be it wouldn't be
2: like Sex and the City. Old that was HBO, isn't it? Oh, it's totally
4: that. <laughs> it's totally that. So uh, we're gonna go ahead and lock in with Sex and the City. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Where a lot of Sex in the City occurred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at first they said Game of Thrones, but it had to be much earlier than that because Funnier Die peak was really the early to mid 2000s. Um, so, Melly, which shows do you think were big around that time? Well,
6: of course, Sex in the City. Um,
5: mm-hmm.
6: On that, oof, that's about all I can think of.
5: Yeah. I didn't may-
6: w- really watch HBO.
5: Yeah, and it would make sense for him to do a show like that. So we said Sex, uh, sex in the City, and we said, uh, for the bonus point, uh, Mess in the City was a show. We don't know, though.
3: I can chime in, uh, Connell, if that's okay. Please do. So I, a couple teams had said it, I think, and when you hear it, it makes sense. But I believe it was for Game of Thrones, which Jeff forgot to mention until the end of their conversation. And I believe the name of it was Gay of Thrones. oh i had seen that i forgot about that
6: wow
1: so everybody knows funny or die because of uh baby landlord whatever Mm -hmm. it was actually called and that was definitely its peak but you know it stuck around and that's where (laughs) jonathan got his start about
3: that i did a i didn't know i did a short film that i put on game uh not game of thrones uh on funny or die uh early on when it first started and it when it first started if you put a short film on there people could rate it uh good or bad and there was like a ticker and so it'd be like if it was funny you know go to funny if it was bad it would go to die and i put a short up there and (laughs) i remember the only two comments i got and it's kind of stuck a little bit towards funny was this is sick and why would you make this (laughs) Uh, i'll I'll be requesting a screening later okay Okay, what was
1: the title of that short film
3: please uh it was um family tree contraceptives (laughs) So there you go I, i'm surprised that i remembered it but yes that's what it was yeah
4: all right so let's get that uh, let's get that needle far into the
3: funny category and uh matt a little uh since is your birthday a little callback uh the the manager that we shared at the coffee establishment <laughs> was was in that short film
5: oh no <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah sorry full chest the, tattoo
5: on display i'm sure yes
3: All right. Well, after five questions in the second round, uh, our scores are just incrementally larger. Uh, The King's Gambit with 140 and Pokemon Van Gogh with 125.
1: Then we're going to jump into question 16. Category is Rosemary's Baby. Doom is the game that started the first-person shooter craze back in 1993. And in September of this year, an Internet user was able to get it to run on what drugstore health product?
5: <laughs> I think I remember this. Alright, then this one's on you. Okay. We can we can lock in.
4: <laughs> so you said contraceptives, but is it on a pregnancy test? Like a computerized pregnancy test? Oh, that
2: would be ridiculous.
4: Or um what or like else have you got? Diabetes, yeah, say a, like health a blood, monitor. yeah, like
2: a blood sugar, blood glucose monitor. But when
4: I think of that's more Techie, you know. So when I think of a drugstore yeah. product, I think it's a pregnancy test. Just using the computing power of the pregnancy
5: That's test really funny. funny.
4: <laughs> Let's go with it.
5: I mean using the BFG on a pregnancy test. Uh, <laughs> Locking into the <with> pregnancy test.
1: <laughs> pregnancy test is the correct answer. They got that tiny little digital screen, and there's very little positive space it's all negative space except for the walls so it's i think quite it's quite only positive
5: theme. space 50 percent of the time now <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to speed run it on a pregnancy test is what you're saying gotcha
1: all right uh question 17 category is the greatest nation. in 1942 private voytek joined the polish army as they were evacuating the eastern front after his unit merged with part of the british forces in italy he earned fame at the Battle of Monte Cassino for moving incredibly heavy boxes of ammunition with his bare hands. He retired at the rank of corporal and spent the rest of his days in Scotland. What was Corporal Wojtek?
4: So the, I, I'm listening to this question and then the, the actual question part comes and I'm just completely thrown for a loop. Um, I actually
5: know this though, so we can lock in.
4: <laughs> Is it a gorilla? i thought it was a man the whole question and then no he says idea. what was he world war Two, so no not not a machine he said bare hands so it has to be a some kind of animal with hands right
2: <laughs> <laughs> So a gorilla I, I've, I've never felt more lost i don't think a monkey life.
4: could a chimp could... not
2: picking up more than a human right
4: a chimp probably could. If he's doing your pull-ups, you might be able to. A know. gorilla definitely could. A ba- but A I don't, baboon. A baboon could not <laughs> lift more than a human, I think. Rip your face off, yes. I would say a gorilla, even though having a gorilla on the front lines is a little hazardous. I
2: would love to tell you that I've heard dumber things that have been done in history, but... Right, we're going to say it's a gorilla.
5: Uh, you're going to be mad at yourself. So if he was in the U.S. Army, he would have the right to use his bear arms, but he's using his bare hands. Uh, it's a bear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. Corporal <laughs> Wojtek was a bear. He uh, saw some soldiers lifting ammunition boxes and he was just like, I'm going to do what they're doing. And he picked
3: up the ammo and got promoted. Did he have a first name or was he just known as Wojtek.
1: No, he was just known as Wojtek, so the soldiers rescued him from (laughs) Iran, I think, as they were evacuating. And they fed him beer and cigarettes, and they were just like, all right, he's a soldier now. Oh, wow. Just
4: one of the boys.
1: Uh, Uh, Question 18. Category is Pharaohs. Camp because the Internet and Awaken My Love are three albums from what
5: multi-talented artist?
2: Ooh, we're, we're locked, locked in. in. Yep. Ooh, in Harmony, too. Childish
4: Gambino, Donald Glover.
5: I was listening to Camp Yesterday. Childish Gambino.
1: Childish Gambino is correct. Still love that album. Yes. I always say I'm not going to listen to the last song because it's 10 minutes long and it ends in like a monologue and then it's I just, always listen to the oh, last yeah. song. It's,
5: it's, it's just the story of him at camp. Like, it yeah. literally is.
1: All right. Uh, Question nineteen. This is a find the connection round. So I'm going to give you four words, and then I need you to find the word that they all have in common. Okay. The words are opening, devise, egg, and cross.
5: Yeah, I I think a couple of things we were discussing. We said I said chess, but for openings and cross. But I don't think that the other two fit. Egg, I, egg is a term for, in Twitter for a person with no profile, and uh, is
2: it? egg is a term in magic for a zero cost spell? All
4: right, get out of here, nerd. <laughs> uh,
6: I'm just, I'm sticking on egg.
5: Oh, maybe, maybe uh, Easter. You got egg. You got cross. I don't know. I, I'm
6: good with that. That's Gotta true. watch
5: out for that Easter device.
6: Yeah, the tomb opens on Easter, so...
5: Yeah, well, my Starbucks is open on Easter, so Uh, yeah, that's a thing. So yeah, we'll say Easter. Untitled coffee chain, Matt. That's (laughs) right.
4: Excuse me. All right, Uh, the only thing we could get to was uh, Devil, and uh, I don't know what the Devil's Opening is, but uh, Neil found it quite funny. Uh, So we're saying Devil.
1: Well, I think we all know what the Devil's Opening is, but the answer I was looking for was Hatch. Hatch. An opening can be a hatch. You can hatch a plan. Oh. Eggs hatch, and cross hatch is a term mm. in illustration.
4: Ah, uh, good one.
6: So I have a question: the devil's opening is that next to the devil's doorbell? <laughs> well, that depends on
1: what you think the devil's doorbell
4: is.
6: Oh, I know what that is. Oh,
3: can somebody
4: please explain to me the devil's
3: doorbell? I think a lot of men need help getting explained what the devil's doorbell is.
6: So oh. with a mommy devil and a daddy devil.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, please. Quickly. All right. C- question number 20, last of round two. Category is, look at his face? In the episode of The Office Welcome Party, where Stanley comes back from the hospital, the staff writes Stanley a welcome back card that says he got a mustache-ectomy. Does Stanley have a mustache? <sighs> okay, we're locked in.
5: so i remember the episode and they uh they had a picture of them and they drew a mustache and they would put it up and take it away and they couldn't decide which one looked right and now i can't decide which one looks right in my head are you an office person Melly? i've never seen an episode okay i've so i it's the show that i fall asleep to so i've seen every eight minutes of every episode 300 times Um,
6: so one would think you got this
5: yeah I think, I think he does have a mustache. I'm going to say yes on the mustache.
1: Yes, he has a mustache. Yes, Stanley does have a mustache.
5: <laughs> After regulation, the scores
3: are very, very close now, which is going to make the final round even more important. Uh, with 165 points, are Pokemon Van Gogh, and with 170 points is the King's Gambit. Uh, Tight. Tight. So, uh, Connell, what right. are those five categories that our players can wager on today?
1: All right. Our final five categories are in the area of Magic the Gathering. Let's get out of here. <laughs> category one is Forest. Category two is Island. Category three is Mountain. Category four is plain, And category five is Swamp.
4: Okay. The wagers are locked in and both teams have decided to go for it. And all the points are on the board. I think we would like to uh, question.
2: revel in riches. That's a magic card.
4: Oh, and we're just hoping that the uh, swamp question is about Shrek. Please, uh, please tell us the questions for the final.
1: All right. Category is forest. The question is Tom Hanks's first wife was on an episode of the same TV show where he met his current wife. What was that show? Category two island. The Clifford the Big Red Dog series is about a giant red dog and his best friend, Emily Elizabeth. The pair live on a fictional island based on where the author, Norman Bridwell, actually lived. He may or may not have bumped into a Kennedy or two. What is the name of the real island? Category three, Mountain. Coors Light cans turn blue when they're cold, with their slogan boasting, as cold as the Rockies. The mountain featured on the can is Wilson Peak in Colorado. What is Colorado's state nickname? Category four, plane. Humanity has always been fascinated by flight and money. So of course we would find a way to combine the two. What Kingly airline is the oldest in the world? And category five, swamp. What was the first ever winner of the best animated film category?
3: All right, while well, uh, these players get a chance to discuss their answers, we'll be right back. But before I throw it to them, just want to say uh, thank you to Connell and Melly for being Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash where you can get over 30 hours of extra audio content, as well as some great perks like stickers, posters, and uh, curated boxes. So if you'd like to join them and uh, help support our show... Uh, It's been so great uh, these past uh, six, seven months, uh, and it's been super helpful. So if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got The Cure, three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter, Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures.
4: All the answers are now locked in. So let's get the questions one more time and see how we did. All
1: right. Question one, category forest. Tom Hanks' first wife was on an episode of the t- same TV show where he met his current wife. What was that show?
4: Yeah, this one we just have no idea, so we're just throwing a guess out there and saying happy
3: days for 30 points. <laughs> it's surprising because <laughs> it's based on you guys, but I'll throw it to Matt.
5: That's that's so funny because, um, you know, we're also hoping that these happy days are yours and mine because we we also guessed happy days.
3: Oh, I was thinking uh, it would be about you and you and Ken, Jeff. I think it's Bosom Buddies.
1: Bosom Buddies is the correct answer. Oh, man, I said Bosom Buddies. <laughs> yeah. It was a show I had never heard of until writing this question. All right. Uh, Question two category was Island. The Clifford the Big Red Dog series is about a giant red dog and his best friend, Emily Elizabeth. The pair live on a fictional island based on where author Norman Bridwell actually lived. He may or may not have bumped into a Kennedy or two. What is the name of the real island?
4: Okay, I believe we've previously established that uh, Clifford was red because of all the blood on his white fur from his victims, <laughs> that's right. right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff had an answer for this one.
2: Yeah, uh, Kennedys are famously like a big Massachusetts family, and one of the places that wealthy Massachusetts people tend to go is uh, Martha's Vineyard, so that's what we guessed.
6: Ah, and we decided to go with Cape Cod. Which is not an island now that I think about
1: it. Melly, you're right about that. Uh, So the answer is Martha's Vineyard, uh, Mm. and it is my home. So I always try and include one Martha's Vineyard question in every quiz I write.
5: That would have been very useful information 15 minutes ago.
1: That's exactly why I didn't say anything. (laughs) Uh, Category three, Mountain. Coors Light cans turn blue when they're cold, with their slogan boasting, as cold as the Rockies. The mountain featured on the can is Wilson Peak in Colorado. What is Colorado's state
5: nickname?
4: Uh, We weren't super sure on this one, but for another 30 points, we just guessed Rocky Mountain State.
5: Hmm. Yeah, uh, for my birthday, I was riding that silver bullet all the way to the (laughs) Centennial State. (laughs) Centennial
1: State is correct. I got to give a shout out to my grandma for that one, because for about 10 years, whenever we would talk on the phone, she would always start the conversation off with, guess which state nickname I'm in right now. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got maybe one right ever. (laughs) Uh, Category four, plane. Humanity has always been fascinated by flight and money. So of course we would find a way to combine the two. What kingly airline is the oldest in the world? Take a guess.
2: Yeah. Uh, For 30 points, we didn't know. Uh, We named a lot of airlines, but we couldn't think of one that had a kingly sounding name. We guessed uh, maybe this was KLM. Well,
5: you worked your way into that one because we're pretty sure it's KLM. KLM is correct. We're getting a lot of lucky guesses. It literally
6: stands for king. So (laughs) K is coding like Going like, um, it means kingly. It goes for the, it, the government runs it. Nice.
1: That is a better explanation than any I could have given. So thank you.
3: I'll <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I will uh, chime in here real quick uh, just for a little uh, spoiler. Um, the scores are basically exactly the same now because all of their answers have washed out up until this point. So, whoever... so we're up by five. You're up by five. So So it all comes down to the swamp question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Who's going to get it right? With a with a chest I have to say, category five, Swamp. What was the first ever winner of the category best animated film? Gotta go with Shrek.
6: We'd be such a loser if we didn't get this one.
5: Shrek. (laughs) Shrek, our
1: beloved Shrek is correct.
5: (laughs) Shrek is life. Shrek is love.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, as we said, uh, it all came down to that last question, and the scores, uh, as far as wagering is concerned, didn't change, so the final scores are 195 for Pokemon Van Gogh, and with 200 points, wow. today's Cream of the Crop, the King's Gambit. We of the cream. Well
5: played, guys. Very close. Good job, everybody. Well, forgot to add my 10 extra bonus birthday points. All right, give him the bonus
4: points for his birthday. (laughs) 10 bonus points. You guys are the
3: cream of the crop. crop. Hey. Yeah, well, uh, thank you, Matt, uh, for uh, sharing your birth with us uh, and giving giving those extra points. I could have gone without all the birth photos, though.
5: <laughs> well, it's important that when you lose, you just keep asking for the points to change until you win. That's yeah. usually how that works, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know what? Let this not be a precedent, okay?
5: Uh, well thank you uh,
3: thank you guys uh, for that great game uh, that I got to uh, witness here but uh, Melly, thank you very much for joining us especially all the way from the Netherlands uh, our home away from home Uh, any last words uh, that you'd like to uh, shout out
6: Um, the only thing I can think of is mask up
3: mask Mm. up everybody stay safe yes thank you for saying that and uh, for supporting us on Patreon as well we appreciate it Uh, and for staying up late as well um, oh,
6: thanks for having me, y'all.
3: <laughs> of course. Uh, and, uh, Connell, thank you very much for hosting this game. The questions were uh, really well written. Uh, we loved having you. Uh, These were great. Uh, any last words from you?
1: Uh, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you guys having me. I want to throw a few shout-outs to the crop right now. Some guys took a look at my trivia. Elliot, George, Louis, Matt, Nathan, and Steven. Um, I want to say thank you to my friends who played the game in my Millennium Friends group. And thank you to my girlfriend, Jenny, who introduced me to this podcast before we started dating.
3: So, Yay. oh, wow. Well, well, thank you to Jenny uh, for starting it all. So I uh, we'll have to have her on very soon. Uh, well, yeah, we hope you heal up fast. Uh, and thank you uh, all for joining us uh, for Connell, uh, Mellie, Matt, Jeff, and Ken. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality.
2: I don't know about Devil's opening, but Devil's.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know all about the Devil's opening (laughs) meal.